Yeah, no one's stopping you from like ordering food at you know whatever in the morning. It's very, it's it's a it's a tricky cycle. I was really proud of myself because last night I made something rather than ordered something, but only only because my favorite Chinese place was closed. If it was open, I would have ordered that shit. No problem. But I didn't want to compromise. I didn't want a different Chinese food, so I'm like, fuck it, I'll make something. I'll make it myself. That's the second best I can. Yeah, <laughs> that's so uh, good. Gabby. And this is Weird As. Hell yeah. <laughs> I got to the end, I'm like, that was good. And then I was like, we, we didn't introduce ourselves. <laughs> we talked for an hour and 15 minutes. We didn't say our name. Didn't, no, not even once. I think maybe to address each other, but zero context about what the fuck is going on. It, Imagine meeting someone like that. Imagine we just came up to some people and started a conversation and for an hour and 15 minutes we just talked to them <laughs> and never told them who we were. I mean, I've done that lots of times because people all know lots about people and I won't remember their names. So I'll be like, oh, yeah, no, girl, you know, she had that that partner and then they got the dog and such a drama, but then her sister, you know, she stopped talking to her and you'd, have, you'd know this whole, uh, like, this whole person's life story and you'd be like, oh, what, what was their name? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, I don't know. That was boring. <laughs> the outfit. It was like 2007 Lady Gaga. Oh, God. Yeah. Gorgeous. <laughs> I could draw her for you. I, could her. Actually, I actually have her birth records, but, you know, one of my best friends. She's actually going to be a bridesmaid at my wedding, but I don't remember her name. <laughs> yeah. I'm hoping someone says it in the speeches. <laughs> I, think, I think I've got some stuff for the corrections corner on the age thing i think that's pretty funny because i just completely because i was thinking of this morning and i was like i need to look at an article again i went back to it and i was like so here he died in 2013 okay and he was apparently 84 okay and then i got my calculator out because i'm that shit at math my calculator i'm like fuck so he was born in 1929 i'm like doesn't make any sense doesn't make any sense he blew up the whale at 44. 41, 41. 41. And that means that when he retired, he didn't retire. <laughs> and, uh, we were like over 38 or something. We were like goals. So proud of you. And no, he retired at a pretty normal age. <laughs> I think that's so funny. The disservice to George just continues, Anna. We can't get a single thing right. Well, I can't get a single thing right. <laughs> No, but it's, I think it's hilarious. I've been, as I have already told you, I've been watching a lot of true crime and a lot of the murderers end up being idiots who are also male. And, <laughs> and yeah, it's just a pattern that I'm observing probably too willingly. So to me, a 23-year-old male, a 44-year-old male handed some dynamite and a dead whale, I still think they're going to go for the explosive situation. I mean... You're not wrong. And also, it's like, okay, we gave him a lot of leeway because we thought he was 23. We gave him like, oh, come on, he's only 23. He's been given this responsibility because everyone's out hunting. Wow, that must really suck. But with the scope that he's actually 41, it's kind of like, well, what? You should have known better. What the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it becomes more shocking. And look, we were just on, we'll admit we were wrong. We were wrong about the age, but I don't think we were wrong about our observations about 23-year-olds because we've both been 23-year-olds. Like to any 23-year-olds that may have been mentally wounded by this content, I do apologize. You do apologize. And when you'll feel better about it when your brain finishes developing, I promise. When I was looking at my 23-year-old self, I would have definitely made the wrong decision. I don't know 41-year-old me. So frustrated with the world that I would just want to blow everything. (laughs) That's a good point. Oh, 41-year-old me is going to be pissed. I can already tell. 32-year-old me has fucking had enough. Like, I do not want to work anymore. 41-year-old me is going to be freaking done with it. Yes, yeah, 41. I would be like, oh, it hit a lady's car. 
Good. 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 I don't care. Park, you know, the fabled space anyway. <laughs> Give me just surrounded by 17 dogs because who cares? I'll, I'll rescue all the dogs. I don't get shit. Oh yeah. Why don't we just, yeah, me and my dogs. Yeah, me and my dogs and my cats and. We'll have a joint. We have well, no. We haven't joined our cult, Anna. We would have created our cult by that point because we've got like what ten years to figure that out. We had our cult running. We would have maybe been thriving. We need to give crisis for us, won't it? It'll be- yeah, I think no. I think we need to give forty-one-year-old future selves a little bit of a chance. I this think is the first. Yeah, this is the first official prediction our cult is making. Yeah. Okay. Forty. We will, we will be thriving. Our cult will be thriving. We're not going to call it a cult, though. Yeah, we're going to be calling it like a lifestyle resort. resort. Ooh, in purple cargo pants, a purple hoodie. I often wear like a lot of purple and I think of myself as looking like I'm in a member of a cult sometimes. Oh, purple's such a cult colour for sure. I would make everyone wear like really comfy clothes. Oh, cool. yeah, like those harum pants that everyone gets when they're coming back from Bali because they've found themselves. Those. Yeah. You know, I've, uh, I'm quite open with what I've got. I've got average dick energy to huge dick energy mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I've got bipolar the party one yeah. used to say the Kanye one and then you know oh no it got really anti-semitic even there. more like he was already like a, a bit of a out there character and then it was just like Jesus Christ okay party. well I think you can say the Pete Davidson one now because he has bipolar doesn't he yeah he's fun he's fun I would go for a drink you know there's like like I don't say this about many celebrities because to be honest I, I wouldn't want to drink with most of them but I would want to drink with him he seems really fun I absolutely, he's hilarious. I can't get over watching his watching his stuff and dreaming of finding a man with a sense of humor like that. <laughs> and then he gets Kim Kardashian. I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, maybe we need to lower the expectations a bit. Realistically, okay, if we were to pick a famous comedian, so we know lots of comedians. You know, we'd have to pick someone we know because that's kind of awkward. But like, if you were to pick a famous comedian that you feel like you could objectively see yourself with, yeah. who would it be? Ali Wong. Oh my God, I wish I could get Ali Wong. Oh, my God, she's such a babe. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, now you've set the bar too high. I was going to say a dead comedian because I feel like that's more realistic. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, then, if we're including dead comedians, there's a lot more of them than <laughs> well, I mean, like, just for me, like Patrice O'Neill, mm-hmm. may mm-hmm. rest in peace. Fuck yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Would do just that. I don't <laughs> sense. <laughs> but it's just something about how. Yeah. Anyway. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I can't think of. I can't. I need to think realistically. Like, I can't think of realistically what comedian. Because the thing is, we know comedians as well. It's like, yes, they're very fun on stage, but then it's a lot of work behind the scenes. <laughs> yeah. I feel like it's a fun question until you have to think about the ins and outs of day to day life. <laughs> <laughs> the discussions that get to that joke. <laughs> You're like, cool, now you've you've done this bit already and it's only eight o'clock. I couldn't live with myself when I was a comedian. I don't think <laughs> I could live with another comedian. <laughs> that was some of it. I have a little question to kick off today's episode. What is the biggest Australian animal you feel like you could beat in a fist fight? A white tail. <laughs> <laughs> It, that's you're gonna be able to cut a lot of silence from this. <laughs> <laughs> I reckon I could probably. Oh, I could probably. I know I couldn't beat a wombat. Why is that? If a what? If that okay? Because I'm taking this as the animal is facing up to me. Oh yeah, the animal's like trying to fight you. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not just approaching a random <laughs> animal and knocking them, punching out. in the face. Yeah. yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> And I could face up with a fair few of them, but it wouldn't be a fair fight. No, no, yeah, they have to be like common for you. Aggression engaged. Yeah, yeah. Right? A wombat is so solid. One mm. time, I found a dead wombat on the side of the road, and I got mum to pull over because it was kind of in the road a bit. Oh, but yeah, breed. It was like a bit of a risk because if anyone doesn't know, wombats are just solid, solid mass of meat and bone. Like yeah. they are like the heaviest footstools you'll ever come across. Yeah. And I went and got this big branch and stuck it under the wombat to try and lever it off, and it broke the branch. Oh, shit. <laughs> and friend mum was like, you can't touch it. You don't know what it died of. Like, yeah, that's true. And naturally, 
dead woman behind. But I understand you wanting to move it because it will fuck your car up. Yeah, exactly. And so they that hunk of meat can run at 30K an hour, which I mm. think is what, like, um, well, let's not. 30K? Yeah, 30K an hour. I don't know what that is in miles, though, but let's not. That's fucking it. fast, though. Yeah. I can't run 30K an hour. I can't run any K an hour. Fuck that. Yeah, so I know that that's not an option. And uh, kangaroo, are you kidding me? Like, aggression engaged? I'd have to have a tree nearby to have any <laughs> sort of defense. Wait, what would your defense be involving that's the tree? Really, that is genuinely what you're supposed to do. If a big red is coming up, you get a tree between you and it, and then you circle it because it can't do its big back on oh, the tail kick. Yeah. And so then it's block. You're blocking yourself, and eventually it might disengage, and then you can just fuck off. Oh, okay, interesting. I never. I've honestly, despite being around kangaroos on a fairly regular basis, I never thought about the possibility of having to size up a kangaroo because <laughs> I think I'd be absolutely fucked. Yeah. So I reckon that at this point, a possum could really fucking get a grip on you. I reckon mm. if it wanted. To. I could go for the eyes as well. Yeah, but I think, yeah. like, yeah, possum would probably be the biggest <laughs> that I would face. That's, no, that's fair. That's fair. I was I was going to say, like a, like, a wallaby, like a little tiny kangaroo, but I'm not that tall, so I still feel like. Exactly. What are we going to, like, is it a quokkas on Australian <laughs> oh, No, I would never hurt a quokka. Actually, i tell you what, I would fuck up. No, I couldn't. I couldn't. I didn't care if a quokka was trying to murder me. I couldn't do it. They're too damn cute. They're sweethearts. I refuse. They are. They're gorgeous. But so are possums. Yeah, that's true. That's true. What's the biggest animal? I'm going to make this worse. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) So what animal, what strange animal do you think you'd wipe out with a machine gun? We're going to have to go with something that's not native. That's fine. So, yeah, so... Rabbits, I guess, or cane toads. Oh yeah, I could probably fuck up a cane toad and not feel too bad. Yeah, yeah, I would feel grossed out. It would be like pockets of jelly going off in the road. <laughs> like you really see where your bullets fell. Like, <laughs> juice. I'm just saying one animal. It doesn't have to be a whole bunch of them. Just like one. Oh yeah, but even then, it's like a landmine. <laughs> It's just the So in answer to your question, which animal do you think you'd be able to wipe out with a machine gun, we have rabbit or cane toad. Yeah, and now because of the, yeah, the cane toad. No, I think that's, I mean, both are invasive species, so you're just doing. and that's the most visually disgusting and pleasing at the same time. I kind of want to film it now. Oh, God, okay. (laughs) I mean, I do remember a video from ages ago, and it was a guy. It has to be through special effects. Oh, you don't actually want to kill a cane toad. I don't think legally we would be able to make that. It's a little iffy. I mean, there was this guy that was in charge of, like, eradicating cane toads in, like, far north Queensland, and he had this um, crew following him around. And during the footage, he they had this scene where he was, like, hitting them with his car and just laughing maniacally. And I tell you what, like, yeah, that's not great, but, oh, my God, it made me laugh. That man is a madman. Oh, yeah, absolutely bonkers. But he's getting the job done. Technically, he's doing it, even yeah. if it's wrong. For some jobs, you kind of need a man. You kind of need a bonkers person. Exactly. And I feel like today is a little bit like that. Today's a little bit, you need a madman. <laughs> we have that madman. Of course. And where else to find a madman than in Australia? It is good. So today's topic has been the fodder for many internet memes and jokes about Australia. On the surface, it's bizarre and very funny, but I want to delve into it today because of the important moment in our history, but also because it's bizarre and funny. But before we can reach the funny, we need to cover some of the less funny context around the time period. So Australia had a population of just over 5 million when 416,000 soldiers were conscripted to fight in World War I. And of those conscripted, 210,000 were killed or later died of their injuries. World War I remains Australia's greatest loss of casualties to date. Make a joke about that, Anna. Go on. Oh, lest we forget. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> but also, it happened a long fucking time ago, and there's been a couple of wars since then, and more people have died. So, No, 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 that's what I'm saying. Not more people have died. This is the worst one still. This is still the worst this one? This is still the worst one. 210,000. 
like no wonder mental illness and, and depression and PTSD was so. Oh, PTSD wasn't even a thing then. It was just called being a pussy. <laughs> it wasn't even a thing. So on the Anzacs' return to battle, they found very little it was offered in terms of support, and many found their life-changing injuries made regular employment difficult. The government decided to allocate 10-acre plots of land, not that it stands to allocate in the first place, to return veterans and their families. This scheme was designed to allow veterans to start up small farms and make an income. 5,000 of these plots were allocated in WA, where wheat was most viable. However, the arid nature of Australia makes 10 acres a lot more a lot less profitable than it might sound, especially when these veterans are expected to make enough money to support their families with no prior farming experience. So I'd love to know, Gabby, which country you're on. I'm on Wurundjeri land down down in Victoria. Well, I recently learned, because I've just moved, is the Barramatta Gala people. That's good to know. (laughs) Always learning. (laughs) (laughs) no it's good it's good to find out and know that we yeah we if we're going to educate we want to do it properly with these things like it's not george being 23 versus 41 this is actually important (laughs) and and just acknowledge as well i feel because if we're gonna because i mean like this whole episode is quintessential white australia like you can't get you can't get much more white australia than what is happening in this episode so i feel like it doesn't hurt to acknowledge that yeah I've also heard this story that there's certain parts of Australia that are named the word either finger or hand in the local language of that area because these white guys would be like, take us for a tour on the boat and tell us what things are called. And they would point at what they wanted to know. But Indigenous people were known to look, which is a much less big energy exertion and much more logical to just look at what you're talking about. So like this. Constantly people waving their hand in front of their face going, what's this called? What's this called? And they probably just got sick of it and went fucking finger. That's that's your hand, you fuckhead. (laughs) Yeah. Like why do you keep using your hand? Like stop. (laughs) That's very funny because it's so like obvious. But that's yeah. <laughs> but without any without the context, you have no idea. You're just like, oh, that's so interesting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <sighs> it was these plots of land that were ten acres each, and it's like, yeah, ten acres. Wow, that's not that much in Australia. And you say ten acres in like the UK, and they're like, wow, no, yeah. no, it's not the same. Sorry, it's a couple of fields. Yeah, it's a couple of fields, and then you're dealing with things like drought, flooding, etc. It's not the same. How many people here? Yeah, so they're, fitting, they're giving them basically the soldiers that come back from the First World War, they're giving them a 10-acre plot of land. They give 5,000 of these to returning soldiers in WA specifically. Okay, so they all get? They all get a 10-acre plot of land. <laughs> I was, you know what I was imagining? That, that there was two 10-acre blocks and all of these soldiers had to go and live there. Oh, Christ, no, that would be awful. <laughs> No, no, each like returning soldier gets a 10 acre plot of land for him and his family. Right. Yeah. Okay. But all right. That's a lot of country. But yeah. Yeah. It, but also, if you've got a huge family, it's. And, you know, a lot of the time they did because contraception ain't such a big thing then. It's like, it's, it's WA, which I think is like, it's massive. I think it's hard for people outside of Australia to conceptualize how fucking big WA is. Oh my God. Yeah. It's like a third of our country, but it's a single state. <laughs> I think when the um when the in, in invasion happened and those settlers started going through and naming stuff, they were like, "Well, okay, we start up on this east coast here, and we've got Victoria. She'll love that, won't she? <laughs> New South Wales, because my ex boyfriend was from some ex girlfriend from <laughs> South Wales, so <laughs> Queensland. She'll be into that. We haven't had a territory in a while, have we? Okay, well, where are we in the north? Northern Territory done. Let's go. Let's go mix it up. South Australia. Jesus Christ, does this country ever end? I can't walk <laughs> any further. Western Australia. We're going back. We're going back. Because it's huge. It's huge. They went, fuck it. I don't, fuck this. I don't know. Yeah. Just that lot. That lot, Western Australia, that'll do. I don't care. I literally don't care. Well, but it's a beautiful country and I really do hope to use it one day. It's one of, on my bucket list. Oh. Okay. Maybe we could do the cult then. Mm. Yeah, they'll love that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> These girls from out of state come in and 
there's any listeners in WA who have a large plot of land that would like to help us start a cult, please let us know. Now onto the enemies, I mean emus. Emus, like much of Australian native animals, were at the mercy of the indecisive white Australia. Emus are a protected species until 1922. Then their protected status was revoked. But once they started damaging the crop of those veterans turned farmers, action had to be taken. And like dresses over jeans, emus fell out of favour. What fashion trend do you think emus would be, Anna? Well, it's got to be a feather boa, hasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or maybe, you know, like a one of those really, but obviously we'd only ever buy faux fur, mm-hmm. one of those kind of like coats that's got like the wispy bits coming out of the fur. Does that make sense? Oh, like one where there's like suede and then it's like. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I love those coats. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What do you think they'd be? I mean, I, I kind of, I kind of get where you're coming from with the feather boa because I can see it, but I feel like something that needs to be slightly more aggressive to suit yeah, their nature. Yeah. I was thinking those boxy, and they were made popular by Alexander McQueen, but those boxy leather clutches with like the knuckle dusters on top. Oh yeah, yeah, one of those. That's an emu. <laughs> That's an emu right there. <laughs> <laughs> They are tough, gnarly birds. They are gnarly as hell. Yeah, I've only ever seen them at the zoo and I have an early memory of when I was in Australia before I'd ever moved to England. I was in the zoo with one of my friends that I knew from preschool and an emu pecked my hand through the fence and my friend Morgan got up in the emu's face over the through the wire fence and my mum had to come and like grab us both because she was like, don't you come at my friend like that. Well, she wasn't English, she was Aussie. Oh my God. I love her energy, but that's hardcore. She was very brave. Yeah. God. So yeah, don't mess with emu. No, clearly. Or you, because your friend will defend you. Well, yeah, I've got a couple like that. They're pocket rockets. <laughs> I call them my bulldogs. <laughs> Now, I don't want to put too much pressure on you, Anna, but you did such an impeccable translation of a whale last episode. And I have a recording of what an emu sounds like, but I want to hear if you can also translate emu for us. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Do you want to hear the recording first or do you want to have a shot first and then hear the recording? I think, (laughs) well, I should take a wild stab in the dark because I've got no idea what an emu sounds like. Mm -hmm. But. I think it's the honest way to move forward with this. Okay, I love that. Yep. I think it would be like a rattly. <laughs> I think they've got like a weird jowly neck, so it's going to be like a long sound maybe. I don't know. But also that was fun. So now we get to <laughs> I'm like way off. <laughs> okay, I love that. Thank you. Thank you for that. That was really good. It could be a core memory from when I was injured by the bird. That's true. It might be deep-seated trauma we're like working through today. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Like, look, podcast heal. It's like a drum. Mad. It's way more guttural than you think it's going to be. It's like It sounds like a dinosaur to me. Go on, go on. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> That's incredible. I love learning stuff about animals. I should be making jokes, but I'm just like, oh. But I honestly, I really thought they sounded different because in my mind, I think they sounded more like cassowaries or more like, like bush turkeys. Nothing like that. <laughs> Oh, so clearly I wasn't drawing from a deep memory. As a kid, that would have been actually probably quite a pleasing sound for my ADHD brain to hear. It's quite soothing. It's not that bad. Yeah, I feel like drawn to it. No wonder I got bloody pegged. It was telling me to fight. Pick off. I mean, it feels like it feels like it's it makes sense. They sound a little bit like dinosaurs because they look like fucking dinosaurs. And, well, they are like birds in general usually are and cassowaries oh i didn't oh i did not fuck cassowaries they scare me so bad yeah okay so i'm glad that you said they sounded soothing rather than scary because i feel like you know this story is probably not gonna help per se but also it's like it's a weird one it's a weird one you kind of wildly deviate between being slightly afraid and really sympathetic towards emus because they're just they're just doing their thing you know they're just emus. There's no, there's no, you can joke all you want about murderous rage, but at the end of the day, they're just surviving. 
Yeah, they just wanted to be left alone and there was specifically quite a large crowd of them in where you wanted to move in. Yeah, yeah. Like this is classic. There is people that move in. I've heard of two stories in two Fitzroy venues where someone's, I even witnessed it one time, someone specifically has moved into an apartment above venue that has an open beer garden at the back. It's a like really well-respected and loved live music venue, but I won't name because obviously. And and the people would get put noise complaints in. They would even use their hose on the people in what? the That's what I had witnessed one night. And it was like, where did you think you moved? Yeah. Like, what did you think? Of? So these people, they're moving into a place where there would be thousands of emus if it's like a big plains kind of situation. And you would see them when you've got your wagon and your horse and you're coming down and you're going, oh, look at this, kids. This is going to be a wonderful place to live. Wow, that's a big crowd of birds over there that are pretty large and <laughs> look like moving haystacks, but it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. What did you think? <laughs> We're going. I mean, in fairness, I feel like they were just desperate. I don't feel like the Australian government did a great job at, like, supporting them. Like, the government that's going to that land. It's fine. It's good. It's fine. They'll love yeah. it. Yeah. It's like re-gifting a book. You're like, listen, I liked it, so you'll like it too. And it's like, well, yeah. no, because they don't know how to farm. Farming's fucking hard work, even when you know what you're doing. Australian earth is very different to english oh, fuck yeah you couldn't pick literally i don't think you could pick more different types yeah. of landscape yeah. and they were renowned for not asking the advice of indigenous people nearby that would often go can i just uh I, give you a tip here like, they'd be like no 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 i know what i'm doing i've tilled land before <laughs> that's the thing you're not really meant to till it what you're doing is actually detrimental yeah you're actually making it way harder on yourself and all of us if i'm being perfectly honest yeah yeah you're kind of just ruining the land and it sucks to watch and i just want to stop you it's <laughs> real quick don't farm let me show you how geez yeah it's it's just it's just worst case scenario for literally everybody involved including the emus no one's winning. No one. No one. What emus? God, they were just having, before these guys had to get here, the, these emus were living in what felt like probably pure paradise. Like occasionally they might get killed for some meat once in a while or yeah. whatever, but really they're living the life. Yeah. They have all of this space to themselves and don't much space. predators. Ugh. And then suddenly it's like over the hedge, you know, have you seen that? <laughs> I can't say I have seen that movie in a very long time. <laughs> it's one of my all-time favourites and I am a film student. <laughs> <laughs> That's your expert opinion. Experts, right. <laughs> Look, it's not as far up as The Departed, but it is up there. It's a great movie. <laughs> so in this context, Anna, do you feel like you'd be able to fight the emu off with your bare hands? You had a practice when you were a kid. What do you feel like now? Only if I did like a sweeping kick and I, you know, I'm starting jujitsu soon. So maybe, mm-hmm. maybe in a couple, couple of months, couple of years <laughs> at this point, I, I would be terrified and I would again be looking for a tree. I can't emphasize this enough. You're a tree girl. Yeah. <laughs> Your main defense is climbing up a tree. Either climb up a tree or get behind a tree and just circle a tree, do whatever you need. If there's multiple emus, get up above into the tree. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Trees are your friends. Just hope <laughs> and pray that there isn't a snake in that tree. And then you're going to have some some issues that you're going to have to resolve and make some choices that you're going to have to make. <laughs> but you cannot outrun an emu. That is never going to happen. Oh, no. I could never outrun one. But, like, there's a woman on Instagram who has an emu, like a pet emu called Karen. and Karen, Karen will like occasionally try and peck her and stuff, and she'll just grab Karen by the neck and just be like, "No, Karen, bad Karen." And I feel like, with that in mind, I feel like I could stop maybe like two emus if I like got them. But maybe she's got a relationship. That's true. I don't know these emus. Uh, you're the new kids. <laughs> <laughs> They don't know you. That's true. That's true. She she loves that emu. That emu loves her. Yeah. And she still does that. <laughs> yeah. This is this is the level of aggression we're dealing with here. That's, That's a good point. 
point. That is a good point. That's a good point. I mean, I think I think we can both agree. Like, if if it comes to it, let's just leave the emus the fuck alone because just leave them be. Leave them alone. Yeah, yeah. Leave them exactly Don't where they want to be. Yeah. There's, like, there's like ten thousand Karens in these planes, and <laughs> Karens at the very bare minimum. These are wild emus. These are wild Karens. They might be even worse. They might be, they might be Davidson. Good <laughs> job. I can't think of a what's the name for a dude that I think I think everyone decided it was Kevin. <clears throat> so you have Karens and Kevins. Oh, I feel like I've met quite. quite I have Kevin. a I have a lovely Kevin uncle, Uncle Kevin, Kevin uncle. I have a lovely Uncle Kevin, and he he wouldn't hurt a fly, so I don't really think it really works. I've also met lovely Karens and David. Okay, let, let's just assume that none of these are like going to be like Kevin or Karen the emu because, as you said, they're wild. So how many emus do you feel like you could defend yourself against if it was just you and a wild emu? Unarmed. Unarmed. Yeah, maybe... If I'm really fighting hard, two or three, but I would be looking for a tree. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, two or three, I reckon. Okay. Like, I'm not even saying beat them at this point because let's be realistic. Like, they're a lot tougher than us. Mm. You're just just fighting for your life at that point. Yeah. I wouldn't want to do it. What have you done that's pissed them off this much? (laughs) (laughs) Question your own motives. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's a good point exactly. i questioned i'm like how'd you get yourself in this situation <laughs> why are you fighting the emus stop it okay so the next bit i, I was somewhat inspired by your creative writing because i felt a little bit creative last night had a little glass of wine and thought i'm gonna set the scene i'm gonna do a little creative writing exercise of my own so bear with me <laughs> <laughs> Yes. So I advise. Enjoy. Thank you. I advise anyone that hasn't seen what an emu looks like to Google one while we do this because I think it creates a little bit more atmosphere. So, yeah. and it's good to know what they look like. It is for this whole story. I think it helps. But, but they're still hard to spot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because they, well, they blend in. Yeah, yeah, they're just perfect camouflage. It's insane. So it's 1932 in Australia. You've returned from seeing all your mates killed on the Western Front and you still hear their screams at night. Despite feeling like a husk of your former self, you move your young family to WA, where you've been given a small plot of land to farm. Because it's WA, you're bored shitless, until one day you see an emu on the horizon, its large frame bubbling towards you, its beetle eyes setting right into your fragile soul. You tell your children to drop all their plows and run inside, but it's too late. No sooner has the air left your lungs, have an army of emus clouded the horizon, kicking up red dirt into a horrifying frenzy. You're powerless, but as they descend upon your children, trampling them like in that one scene of The Lion King, you stumble inside just in time to save yourself. But like those emus' cold, hard eyes, your heart fills with a burning rage, a rage you haven't felt since you left Gallipoli some 16 years earlier. Oh, yeah. Because, hang on, my cat is fucking up with this. Hang on. I was beautifully written, brilliant. And it does make me think of, yeah, you're coming in as a traumatised war veteran who already has some form of injury, most likely from war, that is now making his life very difficult. And you've got this, like, bird that, because there is, birds can be, really annoying like even small birds yeah especially small birds if they have made the decision to fuck with you they will fuck with you yeah that (laughs) is true yeah there's something uncontrollable about a bird that can make you unnecessarily unhinged (laughs) (laughs) i mean you don't have to look any further than like magpulk my pie pop culture in australia to know how much birds affect our day-to-day lives (laughs) yeah You've got like, yeah, instead of magpies that are scary enough when they decide to hate you, you've got an emu that is like, what, how tall is an emu? Fucking tall. Taller than a six. Okay, so I I, I did search this up in my little researchy thing. A little bit taller than a six-foot man. So let's say six-two. My height. Yeah. Six-one. There you go. Just a little bit taller than you. Okay, I feel more confident about how many emus I can take knowing that now. (laughs) 
I think I could take four. Wait, how how tall did you think they were? Because obviously when you saw them, you were a kid and that kind of changed those things. Well, they were like, must be 12 feet tall. <laughs> to be honest now, I have actually seen an Inu like very briefly in the wild when we were driving and I kind of got a gauge for it and I just had completely not considered that. And when we were thinking about Inus again, I was still bringing them up really tall. <laughs> I mean, fair, because they're, they're, they're like very lean, you know, apart from the big body bit in the middle, they're very scrawny. Yeah. So like they look taller. Yeah, and I think I forget of, uh, about how tall of a mammal I am. You are you are quite tall. I, I can't really relate because I'm very short. We're at the very we're at opposite ends of the spectrum in terms of height. So, like, I have a weird overconfidence that only short people have for fighting. This is why I have so many short friends. Yeah. There is a certain type of personality you can get. Because, well, we know we have to be crazy. We know we have to be a little bit more bonkers than everybody else. Otherwise, what's the point? It's always so brilliant. So it doesn't matter who, <laughs> like, everyone loves a bit of bonkers anyway. But- I mean, it's hard to be really genuinely scary when you're five foot tall. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'm like a great date. I'm not. You know? <laughs> and that's all that's what I find. Most tall people I, I'm friends with, particularly tall women, are like the nicest people ever because you're like, I'm just a normal person. <laughs> I know I'm very big, but I'm gentle. Don't worry. Don't be threatened at me. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not. Because like I know like, oh, you don't have to be crazy. You're actually like super chill. Because I know if you needed to be bonkers, yeah. you could be. You have to go like I know I may look small, but that doesn't mean I don't pack a punch, all yeah. right? Okay? Just yeah. so you know. You little know. women are little chihuahuas. We're the same vibes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and fun fact about chihuahuas, this is something. <laughs> they have, oh, no, don't worry. No, go on. No, I want to know now. Genetic trauma. I, I read this thing where because of where they were bred from, it was an area in South America that was kind of like, tens of thousands of years ago so we're talking like kind of like mayan aztec i don't mm-hmm. know but don't quote me on that part but they were the the dog around there they were kept as well for meat and sacrifices and stuff they weren't seen as pets yeah but they were just this thing and so now yeah that's what a chihuahua's genes come from is being killed or not killed that day I mean, it makes perfect sense to anyone that's met a chihuahua we're like yeah they tremble with rage and and fear and see a mix of both, a cocktail of horrible... <laughs> I've never been bitten by a big dog, but I have been bitten by a chihuahua. Exactly. And respect. Okay. You know, if you're... If, yeah, I I, t- I can't really talk. Like, dogs, if you haven't been bitten by a chihuahua. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's so true. Oh, God. Okay. So, because... An estimated 20,000 emus descended on WA into the farmer's land, decimating their wheat crops and not trampling their children. What would happen next would be described as the low point between human-emu relations. Even without an emu invasion, the soldier-to-farmer pipeline quickly proved to be a failure by the Australian government as many farmers struggled to produce enough for their own families, let alone make a profit. When the stock market crashed in 1929, Australia, like much of the world, was plunged into the Great Depression. This prompted many farmers to give up their land, take their families and leave. At the same time, drought made life only more hard for the remaining farmers and damaged the notorious rabbit-proof fence, made infestations of emus and rabbits inevitable. The most notable damage being done in Chandler and Wagulin. The farmers initially attempted to control the emu population on their own, but over a decade of hardships, the government finally stepped in to assist these farmers by sending in a three-man army with machine guns. The army consisted of Commander Major Gwyn Purvis Wine Aubrey Meredith with Sergeant S. McMurray and Gunner J. O'Halloran assisting. (laughs) Oh, fuck me. Why did they pick a freaking Welsh name? No, yeah, okay, so one person is Major Gwynd Purvis Wynne Aubrey Meredith is one person. That's their name. That's. That's a a scrabble hand. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's ridiculous. That's crazy. Oh, my God. Because, like, they must have just really enjoyed writing. Yeah, imagine trying to figure that out in kindergarten. Like, I love you, Mum. Love, blah, blah, blah. Oh, my God. God, yeah. They bring it down to a nickname, I'm sure, but, like, you must enjoy writing if you want to make your birth certificate that long. 
I just feel sorry for the kid because I didn't choose that fucking long ass name. Yeah. That's the parents' decision. title, is it? And then there's just J. Ho Halloran. <laughs> Gunner J. O. Halloran. I like that name. He's a man with a gun, clearly. Yeah. Oh, his first name was Gunner. His first name was Gunner. Oh, my name is Gunner. Gunner. And I'm going to be good on some emus. Gunner. His name is Gunner. Gunner. So G U N N E R. Gunner. I made it southern for no reason. Swooping in after leaving these poor people for ten years, ten years, just flailing about, trying their best. Like I imagine, imagine the stories of what you've encountered. Because, like you know, everyone has their little stories of weird encounters with marsupials and stuff. Like I've got one with a wombat that go on for ages. But like you live for ten years with a, a group of, I assume. In the thousands of emus, if we're talking out in the outback. Oh, yeah, they would have had a lot of interactions with just because it's like these 10-acre plots of land, they're far enough away to, like, not scare away native wildlife. So, like, if you've got a small plot of land, like, you don't see, like, kangaroos in the suburbs for this reason because it's all, like, compact. It's all together. But 10 acres of land, great. So they just come in and fucking your shit up. Yeah. No, no, no. Constantly. Yeah. God, the break-ins. While you're recovering from what I assume is probably pretty hardcore war entries. So you are being attacked by birds that do not give a shit about you. Along with everything else. Um, yeah. <laughs> you're, you're, you're moving into their home and they are a six-foot-ish bird that knows its strength and doesn't have many natural predators, doesn't really have any i don't think and doesn't stick together as a group they are just random ass birds just coming in and fucking shit up yeah but they're also okay with running together so it's like yeah they, they're, they're rogue they'll do whatever the hell <laughs> they want to do they'll go off on single person missions just to <laughs> with your clothes clothesline and come out you know it's all bent and Turned and twisted. <laughs> we don't have enough money to buy a new one. <laughs> and that's why emus are always the best dressed uh, because they steal your clothes. <laughs> Running away with clothes. <laughs> I look fabulous. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! Get a sun cover. <laughs> um, mad. So the farmers initially attempted to control the emu population on their own, but it just wasn't possible. So they sent these men in to attempt to, to cull some of the emu population. So now these military men and the soldiers slash farmers did not know what we know now. Anna. They didn't know the emus are sedentary and they don't tend to travel, travel in groups and they didn't know that they would employ an every bird for himself mentality. So when they first attempted to ambush the leggy menace, the birds split off in every direction, as you can imagine. Yeah. Smart thing to do. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. But they weren't going to give up. They weren't deterred, and they attempted an ambush of a mob of a 1,000 emus just two days later. As they approached a watering hole, after only a few rounds, their Lewis machine guns jammed, and the emus escaped once more with only a couple of casualties. So they're just fighting an uphill battle. But don't. These emus' opinions of humans right now must be real low. These motherfuckers. Yeah, just keep on running at us and they make those loud sounds and they're just being weird. Like, we're just chilling. Like, what is your fucking problem, man? I'm trying. God. Yeah. That emu's wearing, he's wearing my wife's bra. That emu <laughs> is wearing my wife's bra. Does that emu have mad titties right now? From reports at the time, emus are just as sturdy as you can expect a dinosaur to be and typically take a few shots before they realise that they're actually injured and slow down. I imagine that this also pisses them off quite a bit. How about you, but if I'm being shot at, I'm not going to be, like, stoked at it. <laughs> no, no, I, I am going to be missed at best. Yes, if Most I'm having like- a good day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm going to be looking for? A tree. <laughs> if you're an emu. If I'm getting shot at. Oh, yeah, no, that's true. Yeah. Emu and is just like, <laughs> I can't, can't get me. Yeah, no, the best thing to do is obviously get on the fucking ground and crawl to the tree. <laughs> you can cut the tree bit. <laughs> <laughs> the emus soon adapted to their new foes and act as lookouts for one another. 
The small army attempted to attach their Lewis guns to the back of trucks. Now, if you've ever been driven across Outback Australia on the back of a ute, you'll know that that's not going to go well. You are going to be rocked the fuck out. There's no aim happening here, and that's exactly what they found. Not to be deterred, though maybe they should have been, the new tactic was to attempt to run over the emus with their trucks. Shooting at an emu, it looks like it's got a lot of feathers. Mm Mm-hmm. And that you imagine their body to fill that space. Yeah, it doesn't. It's a little tiny. It's like when you wash a fluffy dog. It's actually this big. Yeah, yeah. And these people, obviously, they've never even actually probably killed one before, I imagine. Bits and pieces, but not enough to really understand what that looks like in terms of, like, a giant mob of emus. Like, what your actual, like the amount of ammunition you're going to have to use to wipe out a very small amount of emus. They don't understand that because they're aiming at one emu at a time. It's not the same. It's it, And it's so, like, it's it's mad and it's such an uphill battle. Like, they are a really hard thing to come up against. They're a very hardy animal. How fast do they run? They can run 50 kilometres an hour or 31 miles. That's mad. That's... That's the speed limit for that. Are you going to say it's the speed limit for a school zone? Because I was. Yeah. Well, it's 40, but like <laughs> residential, yeah. There's like that, that's really fast. That That's mad. And to have them scatter as well, like, you're, good luck. Good luck. Just move. Just move. Just move. Just move. I know it, it sounds sucky to be like, you should just quit, but you should just quit. The solution of culling is already sad, but the fact that you're not winning and and they're not having a good time anyway like these farmers are not thriving they're surviving like they're not they're not like fuck yeah i love living in this random plot of land in wa i'm having the best time so glad that i came home from war and didn't die but they're not having a good time (laughs) oh god your water must be awful i don't even think about the water but you're probably right i mean they'd have to build wells like there's no like town water you'd have to be boiling all the water that you use yeah oh for sure yeah that's bad that's just one part of your day you have to i don't drink enough water i live in a city with perfectly fine tap water and i still don't drink enough so like there's no chance these people are not constantly dehydrated yeah true true at least that means you don't have to use the drop toilet as often oh that's yeah true 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 So, not to be deterred, although maybe they should have been, the next tactic was to attempt to run over the emus with the trucks. But this was also unsuccessful when an emu got its head stuck in a steering wheel of one truck, causing the driver to panic and crash. Oh, my God. This is a... Look, when you first described the emus to me with the cloud of red dust behind them, I thought of Mad Max Fury Road. Yeah. And and now with the emu coming through the window, sticking its head into a steering wheel, these they are the Mad Max. Oh, I was thinking Benny Hill sketch. But also, like, you're, you can hear the feet, the thumping of the, the emu coming up next to you, and you can probably hear its call where it's like, yeah, and it's all vibrating, and your truck's vibrating, and then the head comes through, and, and then it's facing you around the back of your steering wheel, looking you in the <laughs> eye. <laughs> yeah, I'd crash. I'd, I'd crash too. I, no judgment to this person because I would fucking throw myself at that car. That that emu can have the car now. Exactly. The smart thing to do would be to brake. <laughs> nope. And you snap the neck. But I would, I would be like. I actually like to think that the guy crashed the car. The emu was like, "Oh shit!" And then took the car like Grand Theft Auto style and just drove off into yeah. the distance. <laughs> my God, the emu took my Toyota. <laughs> Like they have Toyotas back there. <laughs> they have whatever the equivalent was. And so I don't know how many emus carjacked people during this period, but I'm going to assume it was at least one. At least, at least one. one. 
another bit of trauma for that man. <laughs> uphill, uphill battle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so with only 300 EU casualties counted, on November 8th, Meredith and his men withdrew, cementing their rather embarrassing place in history. Meredith was actually involved in a number of more important and notable moments in Australian military history, but we're not talking about those. Sorry, we're talking about how he lost to the emus. Yeah, because that's actually the most important one of your career. Kind of that A thousand birds made a fool out of you, sir. Well, it's just like, it's just like, yeah, your friends could love you and support you, but like the one time you shit your pants, they're never going to like let you live that down. No. This is the same thing. That one time you shit your pants is the same as coming up against thousands of emus. Correct. It's a modern equivalent. Yeah, because I would. (laughs) Exactly. And I know I have IPS, so it's maybe a little easier for me to do that for other people, but I still would. (laughs) And I proceed to tell every single one of my friends exactly what just happened. Absolutely. Absolutely. Meredith would have his shot at redemption and more emus, however, when the operation was reinstated for the second time on November the 13th. This time, Meredith reported much more success, with 100 emus being killed per week. However, he also reports 986 casualties and 2,500 more dying from the injuries. So which is it, Meredith? Because I'm bad at maths, but even I know 400 and 3,486 are two very different numbers. Meredith likened the emu sturdiness to that of tanks, which is why to this day they are the preferred mode of transport for Australian school children. Emus or tanks? Emus. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, the amount of people I told that I rode an emu. Oh, you got it. It's 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 our duty as Australian citizens. That is the only thing we are required by law to do. Yeah. When it would be an incredibly cruel thing to do to a very small one. Oh, super cruel. That's why it's primary school and under. After that, you have to drive a car. Yeah. yeah. Or get a big red. Or get a big red. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's like, there's limitations. There's rules about this. We don't make the rules. We follow the rules. No. no. Okay. Any international listeners, there are rules involved on the emus and kangaroos we can ride to school, okay? In the Constitution. Yes, it's at the top. It's at the very top. You know that little shield? There's a picture. That's... It became the national bird in 1960. 1960. Yeah. It, 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 it started in 1932. It started in 1932 and ended in 1932. Maybe this, this war against these emus began to build a, a level of respect that eventually would come out in 1960, but at this point it's just pure annoyance resentment, hatred, trauma, anger. (laughs) (laughs) Not excusing their behaviour, so they really should have just moved. (laughs) There you go. So it's like, yeah, it's like by 1960 we realised we we weren't going to (laughs) win. It's over. Yeah, yeah. We we herald them as one of our kings. (laughs) (laughs) I like that idea. (laughs) You know, the, uh, the British shield, Scotland is represented by a unicorn, and that's because they the, the the lion England went all right. You get to pick an animal. What animal do you want to put on? And they went a unicorn. And they're like, well, that's not real. And they're like, you don't have lion. It's a valid point. It's a valid point. <laughs> bag, we've got unicorn. <laughs> <laughs> I do like the fuckery of the unicorn because that was like in a trivia thing recently, and I knew it. I was like, I don't know why though. I just kind of assumed they wanted to fuck around. Yeah, oh, that's classic, and I love it. Such a such a good prank. I mean, the Scots and the Australians, we have a lot in common, let's be honest. Yeah. So regardless of the loss suffered by the emus, the emu war was ended by the human side on December 10th, 1932. It was considered a strategical failure by all and a rather embarrassing part of our history, but we have a lot to be embarrassed by. Mm-hmm. Farmers were supplied further ammunition and fencing was considered the more humane method of managing the emus moving forward. Emus have had the last laugh, however, as they were reinstated as protected species in 1999. As a country, we learn a valuable lesson. Don't fuck with big birds. No, don't fuck with emus. I want that on a t-shirt. <laughs> Even the fuck alone. Should that be our first merch launch? Just don't fuck with emus? <laughs> and just an emu with a machine gun. Yeah, yeah that would be sick. <laughs> we'll, we'll have to double check that I'm... Um, because you know there's a there's a film coming out about this now. What? Really? Yeah. yeah. 
Like, so I had heard the story before, but I loved your telling of it. And I thought it was, but I knew I didn't know all the details anyway. So I was just ready to just sit through it and stuff. So I thought, I wouldn't, but you haven't heard about the film. No, not at all. I'm very excited. Who's going to play Meredith? It comes out this year. It's called The Emu War. So it's really good that the title tells us exactly what it's about. I do like that um, the title. It's got three directors, which is actually kind Fucking of hell. unusual. Is one of them an emu? Because that seems fair. <laughs> yes, yes, they have a, yeah, a consultant emu. Of the director, <laughs> you know, directed by John Campbell, Lisa Feinberg, Jay Morrissey, and it's starring Damien Ka- Callanan, Lisa Feinberg, and Aaron Gox. But also Luke McGregor is in the cast. He's a really funny comedian. You know oh, Luke McGregor? No, I don't think I do. He is good, and he was in Utopia as well. Let me have a let me have a quick Google. I, I like to know what people's faces look like. I oh, I don't know. You know, I've seen his face and I'm like, oh, he seems familiar, but also he looks like every other person I know. Ironically, he is 41, so <laughs> he is your future. <laughs> I'm thinking more. Is this George? Is this George? It's the real George. Oh my god, Luke McGregor would. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh, God. That's interesting. I didn't know there was a movie coming out. Yeah. So I'm very keen to see that. Apparently it it's it was kind of technically released on the 22nd of October for a film festival, but tickets are on sale now. Apparently. Mm-hmm. So- it sounds like it might be a small production, though, because the director is also starring in it. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I, I feel like I've heard enough about it that it might be like a somewhat budget film, but... But you live in a very, like, arts sort of focused city. So I feel like Melbourne can be getting something and New South Wales will never hear about it in a million years. What's it called again? Did it still exist? Oh, the towns that were most affected. Yeah. Chandler and Wagulin. Let's check. I feel like I've been to Chandler. Okay, so Chandler's still a town. Let's see if Wagulin's still a town. Yep, it is. See how many people are living in Wagulin. It's a small town. It's in the wheat belt. So there you go. We have a wheat belt now. Much to the emus disgust. Do you think I'll keep them away? Probably not. <laughs> There's a population of, fuck me, 64. They've got some big houses in Chandler. Do they? Is it fancy now? Oh, my gosh. Look at this one. Let me see. Yeah. What? Yeah. And this one. Look at that. Holy shit. That's 4.3 million, that London Road one. It's beautiful. Only 4.3 million? It's literally insane, though. Holy shit. We should maybe move to Chandler. I think we should. Look at that pool. We're on the same photo. Oh, my God. And the little pond. There's a fucking lake, Anna. That's insane. And they've got, look, like a pool jacuzzi on the top corner. That's amazing. Does it come with the gaudy old person, rich person furniture? Mm-hmm. Me too. <laughs> That's what I love. Wow. And they made, like, strange seating arrangements with it. Look how oh, fucking bonkers that is. That's so cheap, though. You can buy a, like, boring-ass house in Sydney for that. There's a movie room. We could watch the emu war there. My God, yes. <laughs> You could host the, like, cocktail party at the Emu War here. Oh, there's a helicopter pad. One would come because it's in Chandler. That's true. That's true. It would feel it would feel a very gentrified version of the Emu War. Yeah, yeah. They can take helicopters. <laughs> That's bonkers. I have actually been to a house with a helicopter pad before. This is insane. That's actually completely insane. I, I want this house. I know we have no means of getting it, but I want it. <laughs> Doesn't look quite the ghoul and stern is good for the real estate. Yeah, 64 people there, though. There's 64 people? In that town. That's mad. That's probably the same amount as there was in 1932. Yeah, like 12. (laughs) And they were all just one family. Yeah. There's probably, it's, yeah, it would be so much there would have been a big boom. So I wonder if they've got loads of abandoned structures and stuff. Oh, probably. I do love ghost towns. Yeah. They're wild. When I come visit you in Queensland, we should go on a road trip to Wagulin and Chandler. That would be fun. Actually, no, I'm completely opposite direction. We're both the opposite direction. 
Neither of us are in WA. Oh, fuck. This, no, I was looking at Queensland. Oh, no, it's it's Wagul in WA. Okay, well, Chandler, the Chandler houses in Queensland. Oh, no, I don't want to live in Queensland. Oh, it is true. I didn't even notice that. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's still amazing, though. To be fair, I could live anywhere if that's what the house looked like. Yeah, I, I, you've got a helicopter pad. You can go anywhere you want. You don't have to hang out in the local area. That's true. <laughs> oh, fuck. Our dream is smushed. WA doesn't look like it's got much going on. No, not when I Googled it anyway. Mm. And Chandler's the, the same. Unfortunately, it doesn't have those mansions that we thought it had. I mean, I did think it was a bit wild. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, the, Chandler, the Chandler in WA is small. <laughs> yeah. It does look kind of sunburnt and... Interesting though. Yeah, if I wanted to struggle, I can struggle in air conditioning, you know. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I found it a band structure. Anyway, all right. Well, I think yeah, Chandler, Queensland's the way to go if you're gonna move out there. But sorry, Chandler, Chandler WA, you get no love from us. <laughs> no, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> all right, and I had a lot of fun.